are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. It is September, and you got Sam and Steve here bringing you the latest and greatest from the New York Yankees. Sam, the Yankees have ended Boston, and it's early in September. How you doing, man? I am doing so well, I can barely stand it. Just got back from a wedding this weekend, recently started a new job. Life is great, and the Yankees ended the Sox's hope of the AL East on September 9th. Steve, this is bizarro to me. The Sox were historically good last year, 108 wins, World Series championship. Really nobody challenged them in the playoffs, and a year later, 11 months later, excuse me, less than 11 months, they are eliminated from ALE's contention on September 9th, and they fire their general manager. Steve, this is absurd. They, they, yeah. I mean, this is a Yankees podcast, but it's gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about the Red Sox here because why not? That's how you do it. Your biggest rival is kind of going down, down the shitter right here. Um, the Red Sox technically still have a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs with the wild card spot. They said eight and a half back as of this recording. But this is a franchise that is in a weird spot for a team that, like you said, dominated and won the title. Title reign is over. Title reign is over for now. It was a it sucked seeing that the Red Sox celebrate at Yankee Stadium while the Yankees were eliminated from playoffs. We don't even have that chance this year, so this is the best we're going to get. There's no chance to eliminate the Red Sox from the playoffs, so it's fitting that the Yankees eliminated the E is there for the AL East. And the Yankees did it at Fenway Park. I, I liked how that goes. I like the symmetry of it all going back to last year. The, the job is not done for the Yankees. The job hasn't even started for the Yankees. But one of the things that I wanted to do this year was eliminate the Red Sox in the playoffs. We don't get that chance, but they are still eliminated. And it still happened because of a game versus the New York Yankees. And that makes me feel a little bit better. But quickly, time to move on and see what else is going on. But you're right. As a franchise... What a weird firing of a GM. Like you do it like with a little press release, no, you know, no press conference here. I mean, they got you know something's going on there with them. Uh, their their future's murky. You know, does JD Martinez come back? Do they trade Mookie Betts? They've got a millions and millions of dollars tied up in a pitching staff that stinks. It's uh, you know Boston. Uh, you know the, the title round is over, as I said. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Boston the next four or five months. It really will be, and. Really, when you look at Dave Dombrowski's move over the last year, they brought back nearly everybody who won the World Series with them in 2018. They lose Craig Kimbrell. That's really the only big loss. They lost Ian Kinsler. Don't think they really had much interest in bringing him back anyway. But Dombrowski's moves this offseason, you look at what the contract he gave Nathan Eovaldi and how much of a disaster he has been this season. He's hurt. They bring him back. He's going to be the closer. Now he's starting. He's got a 5.77 ERA. Steve Pierce has not played since May 31st. They gave him a one-year deal for $6.5 million. Even though he got injured and we likely won't be seeing much more of him this season, he was hitting 180 before his injury 
Chris Sale. I'm not sure how concerned the Red Sox ownership is about him and other members of the front office. (laughs) Dombrowski hands him a five-year contract, and he's having the worst year of his entire career. I mean, really, the 180 of a turn that the Red Sox have taken in the last 11 or so months is just truly mind-boggling. And I always thought this year, whether – be after Memorial Day, after the 4th of July, that they were going to turn it around some way, but the starters really held them back this season. The bullpen has been a disaster. But again, they still have three of the best hitters in baseball in their lineup in Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, four of the best hitters in baseball and they're not going to see the postseason. It is so bizarre to me. I thought they were going to turn it around. If you told me how in March that the season was going to play out like this, I'd have had a hard time believing you. I thought the Rays were going to be solid. I didn't see them flirting with 30 games over 500. But to tell me on September 9th that the Red Sox have a 0.1% chance at the playoffs, I'd have been floored. Yeah, and like you said, it, it doesn't on paper it doesn't seem to make sense. You know, their their lineup is stacked. It's a league that favors hitting over over pitching. But you know, they did they they had no effort all year or at the deadline to improve their bullpen. Um, you know, they let Kimbrel walk for 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 nothing here. Uh, now you know they have these other big contracts. I mean, yes, they got the title and it's gonna it's, it was worth it. It was worth it. But now there is a franchise that is gonna be ideally, I think, in some trouble. They have no farm. They got they got Xander locked up long term. That's great. Mookie Betts looks like he doesn't want to stay in Boston and wants this massive contract. And he, I think he's likely to be traded this offseason. JD Martinez is going to opt out and do the Yankee, the Red Sox then decide to overpay to try and keep him after they make some of these moves. Chris Sale is meeting with James Andrews in like two weeks again to test out his elbow. So there could be a huge surgery coming from him. Um, you know, David Price is on the down of that career, and he's still got, what, five years and who knows how much money left there. So, you know, I think that's, that's not that's not dwell too much long on Boston, but there's a, a lot to focus on here for a, a championship team, um, you know, looking into the future here. But the, the reign of the AL East is over. The reign of the World Series title is going to be over because they can't even defend it. And, and the Yankees did work. And the Yankees did work by beating them three out of four times here, and they did a lot of it with pitching. So, I mean, lots and lots of – that was kind of the issue for the Yankees was pitching. And we got Hap with a great performance. And then Monday night we just watched James Paxton continue his unbelievable second half of the season here. Um, so the Yankees' bats have been there, but it was really nice to see the Yankees pitching do well in Boston. It really was. And, Steve, the last guy you mentioned really, really stands out to me, and that is James Paxton. His ERA is now under four on the entire season And I don't want to get too analytical here, but ERA for a pitcher, everybody's like, oh, the Yankees don't have anybody with an ERA uh, under four, yada, yada. ERA reflects two bad outings more than it reflects 12 good ones. And that's starting to become my issue with ERA. James Paxton has had... Overall, a good season for the Yankees, and he is really, really coming on late here. 
Started with that performance against the Dodgers, one of the best teams, one of the three best teams in all of baseball. And even tonight, six and two-thirds scoreless, seven Ks against the Boston Red Sox. Say what you want about the Red Sox downfall. Pitching against them, especially in Fenway Park, is no easy task. Their offense is still very, very high-powered with those four hitters I mentioned earlier. And just last month, he was absolutely shelled or excuse me, it was late July. He was absolutely shelled at Fenway Park. Mookie Betts hit three homers that game. So he really bounced back from that start. And really, in the last month, you've seen James Paxton come on a lot, and the Yankees are going to need that guy in the postseason. He is heating up just at the right time. And two months ago, you know, six or seven weeks ago, whatever, not a lot of Yankees fans had confidence in James Paxton, but he looks like he is really rebounding well from that knee injury he suffered in early May that I didn't think he was 100% from when yep. he came back. He didn't look like he was landing too well on the rubber. Completely uh, different now. Oh, yeah. First inning runs, that issue seems to be away. I four believe straight, it four is. Straight. Four straight, no first inning runs. So... That's absolutely enormous. Steve, I don't want to jinx anything, but I trust this guy in a big game. And that's what the Yankees got him for. I know, Sammy, you said you didn't love the ERA stat. I agreed with all the points there. But let's just look at it for a little bit. Since his last eight starts, he's got a 2.57 ERA. He's got 59, uh, 58 Ks in 49 innings. And if you kind of compare this to last year, right now his ERA is is 3. Um, Nine four, so it's under four for the season here. Um, last season he went eleven and six, three point seven six ERA, hundred and sixty innings, um, with an ERA plus of one hundred eight. Like he's right online for what he did last year. So this technically we can't, you know, he's had a rough start here, but this is the guy the Yankees traded for, and he's matching his numbers from last year. So it's not like it took him a little bit to get there, but he's gotten hot at the right time. There was a time last year or two years ago where he went like 15 straight starts with under two er two earned runs, and if that can happen and go starting now, if he gives us another seven, the Yankees can ride that all the way to the World Series. You know, we were looking at when do we start James Paxton here. The past month, he's almost solidified himself to be the number game one starter. Game one ALDS, I'm giving the ball to James Paxton now, and that was kind of the original assumption when the Yankees traded for him, especially when Severino got hurt. They're like, hey. They need James Paxton to be the ace of this staff without Severino. They need him to be the game one playoff guy. All right, it's taken six months, but James Paxton has become that guy for the Yankees. And I think that's a huge plus and a huge boost of confidence as he's got what, two or three more starts left uh, this season. Yeah, it has been. And I'm not sure if they'd give him the ball game one. It wouldn't be a terrible decision, but – they kind of – I think they want to line up Tanaka to pitch at Yankee Stadium because that's where he pitches best. And I, I think – yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe you could do Paxton or maybe I would do Paxton in game one uh, of a series that would line up Paxton to, to pitch on the road. Uh, but you also – like you said, you want to pitch Herman at Yankee Stadium too, so – the Yankees are going to be faced with a lot of interesting decisions, and we'll discuss that when the time comes. But it's always fun to speculate right now about what's going to happen because 
for the first time in a long time, game one of the American League Division Series is going to be at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees have a nine-game lead on the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the magic number is nine right now. So the Yankees are, are going to have the ball in their court. And for the first time in you know three of the last four years, playing a one-game playoff just to get in a playoff series um, has been very stressful for the team, the fans. And that hopefully is, starting this year is a thing of the past. But I'm just looking forward to the, the Yankees are going to have a full pitching staff available for game one of the ALDS. And, and no matter which way they go, that's going to be an enormous advantage. It, it really is. And then um, and then at least the other guys, like you said, Paxton and then you got Herman. Um, Hap pitched really well, too. And this is another guy who he had an odd, an odd quote here. He, uh, he said after his start versus Boston, he said, you know, one of the reasons why I want to sign here, one of the reasons I'm, I want to be a Yankee is because I'm here to pitch in the playoffs and I'm here to be, you know, to pitch in October. You know, the, the kind of implying that the regular season doesn't matter. All that matters is what comes ahead. And that's awesome to see and awesome to hear. But then it kind of leads me to believe that maybe he's had some talks with the Yankees that he thinks he's going to be on the postseason roster and he thinks he's going to be pitching. And, you know, two weeks ago, we both were like, Cap can't even be on the roster here. There's too many guys out there. If Severino's healthy, there, there's no scenario where we want J.A. Hap pitching in the playoffs. But I, I don't know. What, what do you think of those that comment there, too? Because, I mean, yes, I want him to be confident in his pitching here, too. But do you think there was any, like, underlying thing there that he knows he's going to be on the playoff roster? I don't think there was an underlying thing. But his last two starts, three starts, if you want to throw in a five-inning, three-inning performance. He's, he's got three hits his good. last two starts. Three hits. That's, he used to give up three hits an inning in the first inning. Three hits. Three hits and 12 and a third against two very potent offenses in the Athletics and the Red Sox from his start against the Mariners on August 26th when he let out five, or excuse me, three earned and five innings, struck out seven. ERA's gone down uh, just about a half run. It's gone from 5-5-7 to 5-1-0. His next start, he could be given an opportunity to get that down under five. Two more good quality starts, and maybe you think about him on the playoff roster, whether he starts a game or comes out of the bullpen, he could get some outs for you, and that would prove to be very valuable. So, Jay Happ, this is your audition, you know, the rest of the season. If he pitches well, if you think he could get five or six outs, go for it. Yeah, that's going to be such – and then CeCe's bath, he comes back on Wednesday. Is it – I mean, I think you want to love to have CeCe on the roster for that, you know, that veteran presence. You know CeCe's going to bring the intensity and bring the fire. But the next – if he start comes out Wednesday, so he'll get two to three more starts here, do you then just do a straight head-to-head? Who pitches better the next three weeks, CeCe Sabathia or Jay Happ? Um, and then does that guy get the roster spot over, over the other one? And that's a tough call because there's two veteran guys – um, one, obviously, is a legend for the Yankees. Um, but at the same time, you're, you're looking here to, to put the best 25-man roster for a playoff game. So it's going to be super, super interesting what the Yankees do with this playoffs um, rotation. Um, and in a good way, because 
Before, it's like, oh my God, who are the Yankees going to throw out there in the playoffs? Whoever it's going to be, it's going to suck. But now all of a sudden, this rotation has completely turned around since the trade deadline. Um, maybe they got a boost of confidence in cash for not making any moves, saying, hey, I got the guys I wanted. Here we go, and we're going to stick to this. And, you know, it's kind of it's proved the right way. We've seen some of the guys that have been traded, you know, fail in their, in their new scenarios. Um, and the boost of the Yankees have gotten has been huge. The, you know, there's two more guys here, too. I mean, these are all players that are here that can make an impact for the playoffs. Again, Luis Severino could be back on the Yankees' active roster by the end of this week. And that could trump all these news of all these pitchers here. It could, you know, forget Hap and Sabathia and, and whoever you want. You get Sevy up there. It's, it's a game changer for the Yankees. Pitched in Trenton. Stayed around 95, 97. Scouts there said the arm looked live. He even wanted to pitch more, so he threw five more pitches in the bullpen just so he didn't have to pitch in a weird inning with the, with the, with the Trenton Thunder. Um, everything's looking great for Severino. He'll throw one more time, be with the Yankees hopefully by the end of the week, and then be starting next week. I mean, that is, that, that is the pitching news of the year for the Yankees at this point. It absolutely is because I've said a couple of times if the Yankees don't have Severino for, for even if it's for three or four innings in a playoff game, I don't think they win the World Series. And to have him back next week, if all goes well, knock on wood. Um, As we're watching the Raiders, that was awesome. <laughs> I don't know if you did that on purpose at all, but the knock on wood if you're with me as we're recording during the Raiders was a good one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, without John Gruden in the line yeah, during yeah. Hard Knocks. And I actually did knock on wood. I am at a wooden table, a <laughs> polished wooden table at that, a nice round table. I work from home, so th- this is like my home. Uh, <laughs> this table was – having Severino back, it just even if it's for 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 outs during a postseason game is going to be huge. And, Steve, you mentioned a little bit ago about could it be J-Hap and Sabathia duking it out for a playoff roster spot. And I don't know how they're going to structure it. I haven't sat down and uh, done that yet. I would like to – each of the last two seasons I've done a piece on the uh, playoff roster, but – as uh, I'm not going to be able to do that this year. But I really, really uh, wonder how they're going to approach this because I, I could see kind of an open competition here, but I, I would hate to see CC left off of the playoff roster because, like you said, that veteran presence, he's still good one time through the order. And if it comes down to him or Hap, and if Hap pitches well down the stretch here, it's going to be such a hard decision for Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone, and the others that are involved in making this decision. But, yeah, like you said, Luis Severino, for a good reason, is going to make this decision a lot more complicated uh, next week when he hopefully returns. Uh, We haven't seen him this year. Dallin Batantis also close to coming back. So the Yankees pitching staff that – since not making a move at the trade deadline has changed the landscape of, of this team and how they're going to make moves going forward. Yeah. And to wrap up the rotation stuff, Sam, Wednesday, like I said, CC's coming back and Domingo Herman is coming out of the bullpen 
after about two innings for CC, we I, I, I'm I've, I've said this for months. I was like, this is what's going to happen. They're going to put CC and Herman in the little opener situation. Then Brian Cashman says, there's no way we're going to limit Herman's innings and blah da blah da. Two months go down the road. Here we are. They are tinkering with his with what they're going to do with him now, and they are kind of limiting his innings, as, as we said. So it's going to be interesting on Wednesday to see what he hears, because Domingo Herman's stuff is nasty, and we've seen that all year. So you don't need five starters. We, we've just talked about five, six different starters for, for the Yankees for the playoffs. If, we, if Herman's able to become this elite arm out the pen, it's in a whole other scenario here, I, and, and that eliminates when Herman would have to start. He's better at home. Well, if you could use him for maybe two games at home instead of one start, it, it kind of you know could tinker with you know how the Yankees' whole bullpen and rotation is set. So so Wednesday not only for CC is a huge day to see what his future could be like for the playoffs, but also for Herman because if he succeeds in these kind of he does this two or three times, he might pitch himself into the bullpen. I know he would much rather start. But um, it's something to keep an eye on here. Yeah, and both of us have mentioned this all year about him possibly coming out of the bullpen. And even Aaron Boone last month, uh, it was after the Saturday game against the Red Sox in the Bronx. He said, Domingo Herman is going to have a role for this team in the postseason. They were never going to pull the plug completely on him. Um, and all signs pointed to uh, – Boone telling the truth there because we we haven't seen yet uh, the the Yankees limit Herman's innings or make an effort to but now they are going to uh, in the middle of this week on Wednesday with roughly I was doing the math of the final homestand of the regular season after tonight there are seventeen games remaining yep. I believe after. Tonight's uh, game concluded against the Red Sox at Fenway. 17 games remaining. So that's when the Yankees are starting to limit Herman a little bit. So like I said in a a piece a while ago, big increases happened. It was Brendan Cuddy of NJ.com who actually suggested that. He compared Severino's innings increase from 2016 to 2017 and then threw in Herman's innings increase as well. So the Yankees don't seem too concerned about it, but I really like Herman in this role. I think he could be go from a good starter to being absolutely lethal out of the bullpen. Yeah, I, I agree, and he did. He did come out of the bullpen um, early this year for CC Sabathia and, and threw uh, a few good innings out the bullpen. So it won't be the first time he's testing this out. He's done it a few times uh, last year too. Um, so it's not completely uncharted territories for Herman. But as someone who was, for majority of this season, the number one starter for the New York Yankees, um, let's see how he deals with saying with being put in the bullpen here. Because you know he wants to start. You know he's been a competitor and he's earned the right to be starting. But the Yankees are being cautious, which is which is smart. But I hope this doesn't you know screw with his uh, his mindset at all. Because uh, as everyone's mentioned, he's got to be uh, an integral part to the Yankees pitching staff for for the playoffs. Um, all this has been good news, Sam. But the Red Sox series was not. 100% all good news, including the past few weeks. We've gotten players like Eddie and uh, Carnacion back. Um, Gio Urshela is now back in the lineup and hit another bomb today. But it is going to be the end of the season for Mike Talkman, who Sunday night uh, came up on a, a single, 
uh, hit to him in the outfield, and it looks like it's something immediately was wrong. After the game, he said he's been dealing with some some calf tightness the past few days, and now it's has a uh, grade two strain of his calf. It's going to put him out for six to eight weeks and, and all but end his first season with the New York Yankees. And I can't believe we're even discussing this or saying this, but it is it is super disappointing that this is how the season ends for Mike Talkman because he has been a a huge role for the Yankees this season. He's, he's played in 87 games. He had an unbelievable August and, and July. Uh, finished the year with 200. I'm sorry, with a 277 average, 13 home runs, 14, uh, 47 RBIs, uh, an impeccable defense at all three locations in the outfield. But uh, but uh, an unreal bummer that this is uh, how the season ends for Talkman. It really is, and I'm going to go into what this kind of means for the Yankees, this Talkman injury, who I can't believe uh, after April that we're here on September 9th talking about how Mike Talkman is potentially a huge loss for the Yankees and what he brought to the table this year after he looked like he did not even belong on a major league roster uh, back in April when he was struggling yeah. mightily. But this makes the return next week, potentially Aaron Boone said he could join the team. This makes the return of Giancarlo Stanton that much bigger because Aaron Hicks, I really don't know what's going on with him right now. They're saying he can't throw. I don't think we're going to see him again for the Yankees this season. I agree. I think Aaron Hicks' season is done just as much as Talkman is. He's got a setback when he's throwing if he can't release the full throw. It's just not enough time for Hicks, and it's and that it makes this talk with injury um, even more. In, not just for Stanton, but for Hicks too. Um, it, it's killer. It really is, and you know Brett Gardner. We're going to be seeing him in an everyday center fielder's role uh, if Hicks is out for the season, which I, I really think he is. And Giancarlo Stanton, you heard on New York Sports Talk Radio. I'm not endorsing all those viewpoints. You heard in columns this week, should Stanton be in the lineup every day when he returns? And, I mean, you kind of – if Hicks does not return, he slides in right at left field now. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, Maben's been playing there and Clint Frazier's back getting some at-bats here, but those aren't guys that you want to be in there for, for a playoff game here. So if you don't bring Stanton back until he's healthy enough to play the field – because um, you need it, because the, the DH spot is, is stacked, and that's kind of what this all ties into. Is you know Luke Voigt's back, Encarnacion's back. Voigt had you know had two hits uh, on Monday and looks the same, but but Encarnacion is a better fielder and I think a more dangerous bat. So there, there's a whole different, there's a whole domino effect here from Talkman to Stanton to Hicks all the way down to, to who plays DH. Um, I, you know if you if Stanton can't come back as a full time DH. It changes the whole Yankee lineup here because now you're guaranteed you have to lose one, uh, likely two, of Encarnacion and Voigt um, in the in a playoff game because if Stanton's DH, um, you're having Gio Urshela play third base. He's earned that. He's been playing amazing all season, and he's got his good. As we know, defense is important in the playoffs. Urshela's at third base, and if Urshela's at third base, that means Lemayu is at first base. So that means your DH then comes down to. So it's a stand, and then you have Voight and Encarnacion on the bench. And you can't have both of them on the bench, I don't think. Um, I so. can't have Edwin Encarnacion on the bench either. Right. I can't. I mean, he, he, he has 
Encarnacion has to be playing every playoff game. No, no I, I, I agree. I, I 100% agree. So I think then like then it's a it's a, a weird game of like well it was Stan should only come back if he can play the field because we have the DH role and I, I love Stan I love his but you know are you taking Stan who's played nine games all year um, or are you taking Encarnacion who's you know he's he's Edwin Encarnacion the, the Pirates been walking around since he's got here and he looks healthy now like you have to pick between one of those because I I don't care what you're saying you're not taking the Yankees aren't taking DD out the lineup. They're not. They sh- don't deserve to take Gio out their lineup. And and, and DJ LeMay has been a top five MVP player. So those guys are in there. And then you're just stuck with, you know, too many guys for the DH role. And then you got to have forced to play Maben or um, or Frazier in the field if um, if Stan can't do it. So I need the bats are, are great for Stan. And they're, they're, you know, he says he's taking a bunch uh, down in Tampa. And like you said, he could rejoin here. But I'm more interested in the running. If he can't field, uh, I think the Yankees are going to be, you know, it, it's stuck between a rock and a hard place here with the DH role. He absolutely are. And I agree with you. I don't want Stanton back unless he can play the field. I don't want to sit Edwin Encarnacion in a playoff game. I mean, I have a little bit of bias towards him. He was one of my favorite players in all of baseball before he joined the Yankees, even though he used to kill them when he came to Yankee Stadium every single year as a member of the Blue Jays. But I'll never forget facing him in the postseason and in pennant race games, facing him in the postseason in 2017 against the Indians when he got hurt, facing him down the stretch in those years. The Blue Jays were very good. I wanted no part of this guy at the plate in a key situation because he can take a hanging breaking ball or a fastball up in the zone 420 feet to left field at any time. So I don't want him sitting in the playoffs. Um, really, and you mentioned he has good defense at first base or decent defense. I really agree with you saying that if Stanton can't play the field – I'm not sure where he slides in on this team. And it's a tough spot because, let's, let's be honest, John Carlos Stan is one of the best power-hitting players maybe of our generation. But he gets hurt often. And, but if he gets hot, he can hit the ball 500 miles every time he's up there. And it's a huge threat to have. Um, but it's, it's going to put Boone in a really tight spot if he's got three guys for one DH role. And, uh, and it sucks for Luke Voigt. I mean, everybody loves Luke Voigt and what he's done for the past year. But honestly, he's not even really part of this conversation. Luke Voigt's a bench player for the Yankees come playoff time. Yeah, and uh, Luke Voigt, they obviously have concerns about his defense. So do you go Stanton in left field, Encarnacion? Really, they just have – it's a good problem to have. The Yankees have a lot of good players and you don't want to sit Didi in the postseason. It's there's going to be a lot of tough decisions to make. Um, and Aaron Boone's going to get criticized no matter what he does. But like we always say, this is a good problem to have. And I'm not getting my hopes up on Stanton coming back yet and staying healthy when he does. I'll believe it when I see it because, uh, like you said, he played nine. He's played nine games this season and. How productive he is going into the playoffs. The minor league season is going to be over next week, or it's already over. I don't know where they are. Yeah, it's over in like three games. Yeah, so I'm not sure if he's even going to be able to rehab. So his time in the major leagues, 
if he hits 120 over those 11 games, are you putting him out there for game one of the ALDS? Granted that he really hasn't gotten into any bit of a rhythm all season. If, if he could play the field and he's batting 120, I'm playing him. It's all, for me, it all comes down to if he could play the field. But you're, you're right. If he's batting 120 and looks lost at the plate, got to go Eddie at, at DH. And it's it's going to be awkward, I think. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens here. And so, I mean, the, the Talkman injury is kind of where we started here. It, it sucks for, you know, the, you know, this was a day before opening day trade. And we all kind of laughed about it. He came out and sucked and got sent down and really kind of held the Yankees together for some time here. And has been awesome. And, you know, who knows what the future holds for him. Um, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see here. Huge opportunity for Cameron Mabin to probably get some playing time while we wait for Stanton to come back. Um, he's going to be a free agent. There's no chance Cameron Mabin is coming back to the Yankees uh, next season. So it's huge, huge chance for a guy to make a huge impact on a, on a championship-level team and get a huge contract. So, you know, Cameron Mabin's there. Could this be the ridiculous end of the season for Clint Frazier that due to injuries, he's the starting left fielder in the in playoff games for the Yankees. Um, so it's there's so much to unpack here that the Yankees, you know, two weeks ago, we said it was a good problem to have. We had so many outfielders, what we're going to do. And just like it's been all season, the injuries just keep coming. You know, the, the continuation for Hicks and now Talkman, the, the depth is already gone for, for the for the playoffs. Um, it'll be, uh, I don't know. It's one of the weirder situations to see for, for left field here because honestly, the best case is is Gardner's left. I mean, he's played a great center field this year, but given his age and the wear and tear on him, Gardner should be in left field. And we just don't have that center fielder spot now with, with Talkman to be a possible replacement there. Um, do we see random games where Aaron Judge, we saw it last year, plays center field um, in September just to get his feet wet in case we need that for the playoffs? I think you should, especially since the Yankees' biggest worry here is um, – just making sure they uh, making sure they get home field advantage. I mean, the division's pretty much all locked up. Um, and like we said, we don't think we're going to see Aaron Hicks. And I'm just reading this uh, quote from Aaron Boone the other day. I'm getting this from Lindsey Adler of The Athletic. He's been, quote, slowed down in his progression and uh, that Hicks, quote, doesn't doesn't feel quite right. Um, but an MRI showed his elbows healthy. Boone admits the season might be in jeopardy. I mean, really just a sketchy, sketchy situation right here. We don't really know much. So I really think Judge should be playing center field in September, especially if, you know, Gardner's offensive production goes way down. Judge is at insurance in center field. He played center field at Fresno State. So, he should be getting the reps in center field. I'm very curious if uh, this is going to happen. Maybe uh, a reporter asks uh, if Hicks is ruled out for the season. Maybe a reporter asks Aaron Boone if this is a possibility. But this is something I'm interested to see if he ends up sliding out to center field. We saw it early last season against the Toronto Blue Jays to begin the 2018 season. Uh, saw it sprinkled out maybe once or twice more last season. I don't believe we've seen it this season. No, yeah, but not. to to have a six eight body out there in center field uh, would be something. And I remember watching those games that he played center field early in the 2018 season. He looked pretty good roaming out there. 
Well, Judge is a great fielder, and it's um, he's even better. He's he's I think he's an elite right fielder, um, and it, he could be an average you know center fielder, no problem. It's just it's just you look at it, like the only three people that have played center field for the Yankees are Gardner, Hicks, and and Talkman, and two of them are going to likely out for the year. So the Yankees need a backup plan, and and Judge has to be that. So even if it's just one or two starts, or even just a couple innings, just to get his you know get his bearings right, because the ball comes off different from center field. Um, it's a little different when you're staring straight on and you just need to have an insurance. I mean, look, the Yankees have had 6 billion fucking people on the IL. It will not be a shock if Brett Gardner gets hurt. I mean, the guy's been, you know, it's, what are you going to do? Like if there's, you have to have some sort of insurance. I'm trying to look when the last time Cameron, Cameron Mabin played, played center field, but he hasn't done it at, at all this year. He played some games there, um, with Seattle, but you know, is, is, do you want Cameron Mabin or do you want Aaron Judge to be your backup center fielder? Um, it's going to be, uh, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully like we never said, find out, but. Gardner could easily get injured. And what if that happens on a fastball up and in, in game two of the American league division series? Do you not want Aaron judge or Mabin for, for a trial run at, uh, in September yeah, here you when you're, it. when you're not really chasing the division, you, you pretty much have that locked up, but yeah, like, like I said, I mean, Gardner, and in baseball in general, I mean, a 95-mile-an-hour fastball on the wrist, and you're done four, six, eight weeks, whatever it is. So the Yankees have to prepare for – you know, they have to be prepared. And I would not be surprised at all to see Judge and or Maben take some trial runs out in center field. I don't think the Yankees would try Clint Frazier out there, given his uh, numerous fielding errors on the corner. Um, but – Really, they have to be prepared for, you know, something bad to happen really at all times with any player. And the Yankees have had so much depth step up this year. And I'm interested to see. And I want Aaron Judge and why not Maven get a trial run, even if it's late in these games against the Tigers when they're up nine to two in the seventh inning. Doesn't even have to be for a full game. Just get them out there. Yeah, I think it's a hundred percent what the Yankees what the Yankees need to do. Um, but the good news for for the, the Yankees is they're, they're they're still hitting their home runs. The Yankees have uh, have been not hitting the dingers here. And the even better news, is the Twins have kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, the Yankees had uh, on Monday night so you'd see Austin Romine go Oppo, and then uh, Gio Urshela getting his his nineteenth of the year. It'd be uh, it would be very exciting to see Gio Urshela finally get that that 20 home runs for a guy that could never hit to a guy that to hit 20 home runs for the Yankees will be huge but through 145 games the Yankee home run tracker they have 270 that means they have broken their old record of 267 home runs that they hit last year and there's still 17 games to go as you said so the, the juice ball is working the Yankees broke their record but the Twins broke the record actually a few weeks ago. So the Yankees are chasing the Twins. Like I said, Yankees at 270, Twins at 275. The Yankees have closed the gap. The Twins at one point had 20, 25 more home runs than the Yankees. So one of the more fun storylines to watch over the next two, three weeks here is if the Yankees can catch up to the Twins and hold on to this record. It's a meaningless record, but I'll tell you what, Sam, I'm going to be a little bummed if the Yankees lose it after just one season. <laughs> 
Yeah, I am too a little bit. And I saw a yeah, I saw a Yes Network graphic yesterday. It was like the Yankees have broken their franchise record in home runs, and then you see the Twins in front of them this year, and, and we still got like 17 games left to play. I mean, it's it's just crazy. It, it goes into the ball and how it's changed this year, but it's pretty amazing that the Yankees missed Aaron Judge for two months and have only gotten nine games out of Giancarlo Stanton and still have broken the franchise record or, or broke the franchise record with 18 games left to spare. I believe they broke it, they broke uh, it yesterday. On, on Sunday, yeah. They broke it on Sunday, yeah. They broke it with 18 games to spare. So, juice bowl or not, that in and of itself is impressive. It is, it is. And they are the, you know, the Bronx Bombers have come out to hit. They've gotten um, 20 home runs from at least six different players here. Um, that does not include um, what uh, Encarnacion has done with, with, with Seattle here. But, you know, Luke Voigt's got 19. Gio Urshela's got 19. So there, there's a chance to add more to this. Um, even, you know, Aaron Hicks in limited playing time with all the injuries at 12. Mike Ford, double digits here. So the Yankees, the double digit number is through the roof. They have uh, 13 players. With, with at least 10 home runs on the Yankees. Um, that is just, you know, I don't care what you say about, you know, that, that just shouldn't happen in baseball, but it's been fun. Leading the way, though, fucking Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres is the man. Uh, oh, we, we haven't really talked about Glaber and his glasses here. I know that was, that was going around Twitter a lot today. But Glaber Torres, when he wears these glasses, has been unbelievable. Great look for the young 22-year-olds here. But, you know, with 17 games to go here, I'm hoping Glaber Torres gets to 40 home runs. Glaber Torres, a 40 home run hitter, it would 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 blow my mind, and it'd be awesome. Just really shows how great of a hitter he's he's become this season for the Yankees. Yeah, I cannot believe he is at 35 home runs, and I was only told he hit home runs against the Orioles, uh, but I don't think that seems to be true right now because he put on a show at Fenway this weekend. Was even was even playing Pepper with that Green Monster. And this kid is just such a joy to watch. He's only 22 years old. And the glasses make him look like just an assassin out there. (laughs) I mean, they look so freaking fly. And the swing's beautiful. It's just a joy watching this kid play. And I'm I'm really looking forward to what he can do in October because last year the stage looked to be a little bit too big for him. Uh, That's a good good call. Yeah, but now, you know, second year, he's played in five postseason games already. I'm thrilled to see what he can do because he's arguably he's arguably been the most consistent player on the Yankees this season. Dare I say, they're, uh, it's him and LeMahieu. Um, I kind of forgot about LeMahieu when I said Torres being the <laughs> most consistent player but uh, he, he's been their second most consistent player I don't think anybody can argue that no and, and, and he's been he's been reliable Gleyber Torres leads the team with 133 games um, so we'll, we'll see if he gets some rest down the stretch but as a 22 year old shouldn't get some rest so while, while you're watching the Yankees chase the twins with the, with the home run trackers some of this other storylines are Gleyber and Gary going for the, the, the team title Gleyber with 34 as we said Gary with, with 34 Glaber twenty with thirty five, Gary with thirty four. Um, Glaber also leads all middle infielders in home runs in baseball. Oh, yeah. No middle infielder has more home runs. And just one more thing about him: I was upset when the Yankees didn't sign Manny Machado. I think the Yankees got 
a, a, a version of Manny Machado who's four years younger. Yeah, that, that's not a bad, not a bad argument. Yeah, if you said that, um, the man who came to the Yankees, he would have got thirty-five home runs and batted two eighty, we would have been ecstatic. And then even if you said that, you know, it's like change. I thought Glaber would have put up Gio or Scheller numbers with the nineteen home runs. I mean, but Gio's batting three thirty, which is just really ridiculous every time I look at it. Um, so we'll, we'll see there. Uh, Brett Gardner and Aaron Judge. I don't know if you noticed they've kind of had a, a, a cute little back and forth every time one of them hits a home runs because they're both tied with twenty-one. And Gardner let Judge know that he had 20 before him, and then Judge kind of came back here. So that's a nice, uh, nice, a funny thing to watch uh, the final three weeks here because the clubhouse is, is beyond loose at this moment, and that, that's good, great for Yankees baseball because they just keep going out there and hitting dingers here. So like I said, five back from the Twins. Um, the tracker, uh, I'm, I'm be uh, away from a computer for the next two weeks here, but I'm going to try and update the tracker as much as possible here. It might be uh, every few days here, but just keep an eye out for the Twins and see if the Yankees can catch him at hashtag NYYHR tracker. All right, Sam, the, the, the Red Sox are dead, but there's still games to be played here, as, as we know here. We've got Detroit, Toronto coming up. Very boring teams in terms of standing-wise. Detroit's really got nothing to offer here. We, um, how do the Yankees stay focused the next week here as they got a, their, their final kind of, not their second-to-last road trip? of the season at Detroit and then at Toronto? It shouldn't be hard to stay focused because they want game one. Uh, if they advance past the ALDS, they want game one of that American League Championship Series to be in the Bronx. So there really should uh, be no need to for, for extra motivation in these games. They want to have home field advantage, dare I say, throughout the entire playoffs, they want to have a better record than the Dodgers. And, and they do have a better record than the Dodgers by two games now, I believe. So there should be no uh, need to get motivated for these games because these are very, very important games for the Yankees. And they, the, again, even though the division is essentially locked up, they home field, especially with the way their pitching staff is. They're all better uh, at home. They're all better at home. So home field is essential. So again, there should be no need for extra motivation for these games. Yeah, I think that 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 was perfectly well said, Sam. I got nothing else to offer because it's, it's right. That that's the only purpose the Yankees have here. You know, get healthy, but still win games. These are you know they've got. Like I said, three versus Detroit here. They got six total versus um, versus Toronto left this season. You know, those are games you might as well, you got to go seven and two, eight and one for, uh, and figure it out. It will, you know, two more games versus Tampa is kind of our only real tough competition left, and that doesn't happen until the twenty fourth uh, and twenty fifth. So we'll see what the Yankees can do uh, on this second to last road trip, and then hopefully they, uh, they, you know, they continue that pace. All right, Sam. So they are. Like you said, eight games up in the eight and a half up in the the AL East, ninety five and fifty. So uh, absurd, forty five games already over five hundred. This is going to be likely. Well, it's going to be my last podcast until the playoffs here. So let's go some final eighteen games uh, projections here. Um, what is the final win total for the Yankees, and what date in September do you think they clinch the AL East? I am going to go. The Yankees currently 95 and 50. I believe they clinch the American League East next Tuesday at home 
against the Los Angeles Angels and their final record. They're going to be keeping an eye on the, uh, on Houston. I believe they are 102. Or excuse me, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to one up myself. 103. <laughs> I'm making Sam do math here. His head's going to explode. Oh yeah. <laughs> Steve, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm challenged here. Uh, whew, I am gonna go 105 and 57. God damn it, that was, I was that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, they win 10 more games. I think they win 10 more games. I'm gonna one up you here and say they win now 11 more games. They get 106 wins um, on the year here. Clinch that first place. Hopefully, get it done. Like you said earlier, if they can get that that division locked up versus that uh, that series versus the Angels here, and then you got three versus Toronto, two versus Tampa, and three versus Texas, and there you, you at that point, you know everything's locked in. You see what the Dodgers are doing, you see what the Astros are doing, but you line up the rotation the way you want it lined up. You don't have to worry about. It. I don't want to go into even with the seeing how the the Dodgers and um, and Astros do. I would love to have that completely settled too early. You know, I don't. We don't want to go into that final series versus Texas and, and do something. You know, have a, you know push a starter that you don't really want to get out there and, and risk another injury here. So while I agree with you that the home field advantage is extremely important for the Yankees, they need to limit where they take their chances here. So let's get this done. Get 106 wins. Get that first AL East division title since 2012. It's coming in. We're partying for it. Get ready for September because. Game one ALDS at Yankee Stadium is going to be either September, I mean October third or uh, October fourth, and that's the to me that's the date I'm looking forward to here. Let's let's just play smart baseball and, and not get injured is all I'm hoping for. Right, right on, Steve, and I'm definitely going to be tuning in, even though you know 95 and 40 divisions essentially locked up. You know I'm still going to be watching closely for how guys are playing, especially if Stanton comes back because. Um, he's going to be an essential piece uh, of the puzzle to a championship run if he's getting at bats in October. So Severino coming back, Batantis coming back, Stanton coming back. A lot to look forward to in these final 17 games. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And yeah, I appreciate you guys listening all season. Uh, Sam and I will be back for the playoffs. Um, I'm going to Hawaii. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm leaving you. I'm going to the. Uh, to the Oasis for two full weeks. Uh, I'll be, I'll be still worry. Twitter still works there, so I'll still be on Twitter. But make sure you follow Sam as well for for any updates. Um, and and we'll be back for the playoffs. Yankee playoffs will be we'll be pumping out podcasts. Uh, hopefully as often as possible for the playoffs here because this is a this is a World Series run, uh, and it's about to start here. Even though we still got three weeks here, seventeen games left to go. Red Sox are eliminated. Yankees about to clinch the AL East. The season starts now. So be sure to be following a podcast at Podcast in Pinstripes and Gotham SN. Sam, I'll see you in the playoffs. See you in the playoffs, Steve. Have fun in Hawaii. <laughs> Thanks, man. Toodles.